0: Hey there, constant listeners. I know you're busy reading the next book in our journey, Dolores Claiborne, and you're probably even revisiting The Stand, but here's some good news. King has a new book, not just any book, a collection of four novellas. One involves a rat, one follows a man who contains multitudes, one surrounds a phone with an afterlife, and another includes one of your favorite King characters, Holly Gibney. It's called If It Bleeds, and like different seasons in four past midnight, these stories will take you to intriguing and frightening places and give you one good scare. If It Bleeds by Stephen King, available now wherever books are sold.
1: Consequence Podcast Network My friendship to all of you precludes my involvement with any one of you But if you want to make love, then I do too, and I'll be right there behind
0: Greetings, constant listeners, and welcome to another episode of The Losers Club, a Stephen King podcast. I'm your host today, Editor-in-Chief Michael Monroeville-Mall-Rothman, and (laughs) as you could tell from the ad that you just heard, uh, we're talking about If It Bleeds, uh, the new Stephen King novel, uh, or should I say book? I'll just say book because it's not really a novel, it's a collection of uh, novellas, and you've heard us talk about three of them. Uh, We talked about Mr. Harrigan's phone. We talked about the life of Chuck. And we talked about Rat. And you could hear all of that in last week's episode. And you'd notice that it says part two in the title of this episode. So, (laughs) I mean, come on. What what are you doing here? Um, But anyway, we saved the biggest story for just a singular episode. Uh, The titular story, actually, If It Bleeds because it's it's got Holly Gibney in it and we're going to be talking all about Holly Gibney because this is technically her first straightforward story where it's just hers to own and not uh you know not anyone else's so uh we thought it would be appropriate to have just a hollycentric episode because look she's uh I'm going to say quote unquote Fan favorite character because I've heard too many differing opinions, uh, to keep her uh, in the upper echelon with, uh, say, uh, you know, your the Roland Deschains, uh,
2: the the Randall <laughs> Flags,
0: uh, the uh, who's another recurring character,
2: Alan Pangborn,
0: Alan Pangborns, uh, all men, uh, so I feel very bad saying <laughs> that, uh, but uh, you know, either way, we're gonna be uh, talking about this story, we're gonna be talking about Holly Gibney and um. We're going to close out our coverage of If It Bleeds, uh, which has honestly been quite a delight uh, hearing uh, the quarantine and the pandemic. And I, uh, I, I'm just very glad this happened uh, around this time because oof, I couldn't have handled a really, really bad book. And I think this is actually a pretty good book. But um, anyway, I've talked and I've rambled. Let's introduce our catette for today. Uh, here in Chicago with me, but not actually with me, uh, across town, we have... Hey, it's Rockin' Randall
3: Poopy Poopy Poop Poop Colburn. <laughs> oh no. Uh, this is a reference to the fact that Holly says poopy a lot in the she book. Does. I'm not just a little baby, <laughs> although I do find I do find poop humor funny cuz I'm a I'm always a little boy at heart. And I apologize for the I apologize for the I live on a busy street so you might hear a little bit of um Vroom vroom outside, even though oh. they should be home, not
0: spreading the disease yeah, to the rest of the zoom, world. Zoom zoom zoom. I like that uh, that commercial. Um, I believe we've yeah. made a reference to that commercial in the past uh, episodes. Although it could be locked away, who knows? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Um, well, Randall, are you excited? Yeah. To, are you excited to talk about Holly?
3: Hell yeah. Well, I'm... Uh, what can I say? I love Holly. She's my favorite character in the entire <laughs> King canon. Um, <laughs> that's not true, but. I actually, uh, I have a lot of thoughts about if it bleeds um, that I think will, you know, maybe be a little different from some other people's and um yeah i don't know it's i, I think it's an interesting topic because we have basically three different versions of holly yeah. uh, that exist. Mm-hmm. you know and um it'll be fun to sort of break that down because this is as you say uh she's ready for her spotlight mm-hmm. as they say yeah so with with
0: if it bleeds so um todd mccarthy so yeah, fun fun um, to
3: discuss sign me up here i
0: am here I am, rocky like a hurricane. Uh, well, I'm going to go to a place where hurricanes don't, t- well, I guess they do technically exist. Um, down all the way in Texas, uh, the deep heart of Texas, Austin specifically, we're zoning in on our Google Maps. Who is waving to us from down below?
1: Uh, man, Randall took my only nickname I had, which is Dan Poopy Caffrey. Uh, well, I no, mine, I you-
0: mine
3: was Poopy Poopy Poop Poop. <laughs>
1: Yours is Rock and Randall poopy. Dude. I love too, like, no, no. I love. I love. Mike says no hurricanes in Texas. We had like one of the worst. Hurricanes. I know. I know. <laughs> I said you definitely. Yeah, I said you
0: technically do, but uh, you know. I mean
1: Austin, Austin doesn't doesn't get them as bad as like Houston or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm just gonna say the the page I'm on I'm on page 256 of If It Bleeds for a very good reason that I'll bring up later on, and I it says dumpster dumpster is capitalized though so i'm just gonna say dan dumpster Caffrey.
2: Mm. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: nice alliteration
2: i
1: don't know if that's a typo i don't know do you guys remember the word dumpster being capitalized throughout if it bleeds
0: i i actually don't uh no. i wonder if there's a significance to it it's a
2: special dumpster i
1: could, see dumpster. Poppy, I could or poppy i'm calling her poppy because of poopy now, i could see holly um i could see holly saying like oh that poopy dumpster and capitalizing it so it's like a proper noun
0: well it seems 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 more like uh one of my favorite pearl jam songs uh in insignificance uh i uh (laughs) you know dan i we didn't really get to congratulate you too much on this podcast but uh you just graduated um i so. did yeah thank you thank you yeah
3: thank you yeah i know how does that how does it feel to be a high school grad <laughs> oh man
1: i'm so excited I'm, I'm hoping to i'm hoping to get into five beta kappa next year <laughs> so, uh, uh, the business uh, grad. no it feels uh, great. i'll actually, let you it was really i'll nice let you in that.
3: but you'll be hazed <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> i um
1: no it actually what it was weird like the the past two weeks have been really great and uh i, I mean seriously like, it was actually nice to have that happen in the middle of of a kind of crappy time because it, it it was like two weeks of pure happiness and uh you guys and, and some other people put together this really nice video for me and all this stuff but that being said it's this week though I feel like I'm feeling the sort of come down of that you know of like mm. oh right now I need to get a job and uh <laughs> the, and the world is not a great place to get a job in right now you're so,
0: uh you're in the graduate uh the, the last five seconds yeah. of the graduate when they're like oh
1: totally yeah and, uh, <laughs> hey you know at least at least i am an i i got a really marketable degree yeah uh, <laughs> well that's that's what i
0: always say i say you know i i didn't yeah. double major for nothing i double majored for for really nothing uh english and history you know <laughs> well least well marketable. to quote
3: to quote political savior andrew cuomo uh if you want to work just get an essential job
0: yeah that's true uh,
1: hey i no joke i was um and you know i'm applying for some teaching jobs and I'm applying for some playing things and, and whatnot but uh uh, but those are all such long shots, you know, You can't, they're not like things you can you can count on. But I was looking today at contact tracing jobs, um, and I think that'd be kind of a, I don't know, I think that'd be kind of a cool job. Like, mm, Wait, what
3: is it them. exactly?
1: You you have to, you have to interact with people with the virus, like calling, I think it's through Zoom or, or just doing telephone calls, and you have to pretty much like get all their demographics and track wh- who they've interacted with um, and when. So you can ideally like pin. You can, you're, you're like tracing the path of the virus. Oh
0: wow, that's so. actually kind of cool. It's kind of yeah. Have you, yeah. Can, have
3: you like considered that eye. the virus travels uh, through the internet?
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, yeah. The five G. Yeah. I'm gonna. Uh, I think it, it's gonna involve climbing a cell tower and uh, call my boy Woody Harrelson and, and uh, I'm getting him to, to help <laughs> me help me shoot the virus once. uh yeah. I wanna be like I wanna be like the kid at the end of Kindergarten Cop, like tra- climb the tower. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, call Woody. They're <laughs> call my Woody lasers.
3: My <laughs> <Right> lasers. <laughs> um, love that kid.
4: What are you doing? Don't don't, Dominic. Dominic. don't go in
0: the tower, Dominic. I, I love, Dominic, I love no. That you just
3: make up lines
0: from it. Don't go in the tower.
4: <laughs> don't go in the tower,
0: Dominic. Come down.
1: It's not Penelope's waiting for you. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I um, but no. In all seriousness, like it, it's been grad school's been awesome. It's been awesome to graduate, and I I am I do find I do find worth in my degree. But hey, if uh, if any contact tracers are listening out there, I'm your man. You can make a Stephen King book about me. Uh, hey. it will be, uh, be fighting the virus. You'll
0: uh, you'll basically be the main character from Max Brooks's uh, World War Z, which is a novel that was turned into a movie starring Brad Pitt. Um no that was like the whole that's that's basically their his job like in the in, in the book mm-hmm. is to kind of kind of document like where the the virus is tracing. So that got it that would be kind of cool. You could kind of cosplay it every day too. Um <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: sh- <laughs> Dressing You're like, I like, have to make sure I work out a lot to get my ass yeah, in great yeah. shape. Just like where, eat like, eat, like,
0: eat nachos or like whatever he does all the time in like movies. Uh, anyway, we're going he's off on a eating, <laughs>
1: like, yeah, yeah. Flieger always talks about that. Like how Brad Pitt's always eating, and it's usually stuff that's unhealthy for you. But I think it's because he he just looks good no matter what he's doing, and I know he gives us this false hope that we too can eat cup of noodles and nachos and still look like
0: him. How amazing would it be if you just like woke up tomorrow on your Brad Pitt? I
1: I, just, I think I think good, about yeah. this all the
0: time. Like if I just said woke up and I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, I have millions of dollars. I don't have to answer to anyone anymore. I am I'm, I was in I was in Moneyball, um, and I and I'm friends <laughs> I lo- with everyone. I look
1: great, yeah, I look great. <laughs>
0: uh, and I still have my jacket from Fight Club. Anyway, um, we're going off of too much tangent, and we have one more person to introduce. Uh, we're gonna travel from Texas <laughs> to another state that begins with T. Uh, I'm not talking <laughs> about. Uh, I'm actually talking about Tennessee. Um,
2: not Kentucky. <laughs> I was I was trying to think Tin-tucky. of another
0: state at once with uh with it, with a letter T in the beginning. And I couldn't think of it off the top of my hey, head. There's
1: a uh, there's a great Lucero U- EP called Texas and Tennessee.
0: So yeah. So there Ooh, well, there we nice. go. There's the connective there's, tissue.
3: There's Tidaho. <laughs>
2: <laughs> to Ohio. There really to- isn't Ohio. another
0: state that starts with a T, is there?
2: I don't think so. Texas,
1: Tennessee. Utah, Vermont.
2: Yeah, sorry. I know them all alphabetically, but I can't remember how the alphabet goes. Wow.
1: (laughs) Utah. Yeah, yeah, I think... That's, that seems weird. you think there would be more? I know. I bet yeah. I mean, I mean, there's some really obvious one we're forgetting. And I know. Like God, you guys are all. Well, a lot around. of those
2: T's are silent too. So. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's true. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, who is this voice? In, in-
0: <laughs>
2: oh, sorry. Hey, this is Jen. Hello, Holly Adams. Oh. Coming nice. <laughs> okay. from Tennessee, where we usually don't get hurricanes until they're like level one. I was gonna say you so get tornadoes, nice. right? We do get tornadoes. Yeah, we get uh, around this time of year too
0: oh boy yeah you just got a bad one during the pandemic too which is scary we did yeah right at like
2: the week before the pandemic we had a really bad one um so like schools were closed for a week and then we went back and it's like oh yay everything's great and then the pandemic happened and everything closed so Uh. it's it was just a weird time but
1: well
0: speaking of weird time how are you doing uh down there in nashville
2: we're doing okay um you know just kind of i'm trying to pretend that People are not opening up as fast as they are. And we're just kind of hunkering down and, you know. Yeah. So yeah. just kind of keeping on, keeping on. So my boss has said we can continue to work at home if we want to. That's uh, good. Okay. Like, okay, that sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. You can watch more so. Shutter. more. Uh, <laughs> what what <laughs> yeah. is the show that you're currently watching right now?
2: Okay. I'm on the fall season or the fall episode of Gilmore Girls, A Year in the Life. Nice. So I've got like an hour left to find out what's going to happen. Although I spoiled the whole thing by googling earlier um, but yeah that's been my uh, comfort background binge show while all of this craziness is going on and when my kids are not around I've been watching Halloween yeah. so I started Ooh. Halloween 6 today which was yes. the first
0: watch for me which yeah, I if you listen to our episode of one of our longer episodes of it, actually on the Halloweenies um, w- we went crazy long on it because we actually it you guys just it.
3: fucking love Halloween yeah. I do <laughs>
0: I do. Um, well,
4: who
1: is there? it? Was It's a point of contention. I, I can't remember if it was on here or on Halloweenies. I remember someone left a comment, like this enraged comment yeah. about our opinions. They're guys. They like Halloween sick. They fucking like Halloween sick. <laughs> I know. Just... In all caps. Like, he was so mad. Like, I don't know who the hell was. It was it Paul Rudd that left it? <laughs> oh, that would be great, yeah. <laughs> I remember, uh, yeah. I, 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 I just remembered like that, like our, our high regard for that movie is infuriating to to certain fans i just <laughs> i just
0: remember Cap blackard she was on that episode with us and she was visiting uh, in town and i think it was one of the like maybe the second to last days or something like that and we had finished the episode and it we had started i think at like 10 a.m and then like i think we finished around four and she, <laughs> and we were like all like i was like well i'm glad you happy you came up to visit like <laughs> the, the whole day was spent <laughs> in a fucking studio um but anyway, yes, yeah, so that's that, that 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 that's a lot of fun. But you have a you know you are keep on keeping on because you're not only on the horror version, you're not only on losers club, uh, you occasionally guest on Halloweenies, but you now are adding another podcast to the fold, right?
2: Yes, really excited. Um, we're still working out a lot of the details, but we're about to start a show called Psychoanalysis where we are going to be talking about horror and mental health. And I'm Ooh. so excited about it because those are like the two things that I could talk about forever. Yeah.
0: And you have a yeah. fellow gonna, fellow loser on there too. To, like, um...
2: We do. Yeah. Laura Unnerstall is one of our co-hosts.
1: Yeah. Oh, Laura mentioned that the other day. Yeah. And, and are you guys doing um, a specific movie for each episode or is it more just um, uh, kind of broader than that with each one? Well,
2: the first episode is going to be kind of an intro um, to like why people kind of gravitate towards hard during times of stress but the overall structure is going to be every month we're going to have like a mental health theme like we're going to start with anxiety um, and so we're going to have two episodes and one it, and each episode is going to be about that theme and how we see it represented in a movie
0: it's very cool interesting I like it. Yeah.
2: yeah, I'm really excited about yeah. it.
0: Yeah. And there's one other co host. Uh, I guess we to announce it, right? I mean, yeah,
2: I guess so. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, go for it. Go for it.
2: Yeah. It's Mike Snoonian from um, The Pod and the Pendulum. And he is a mental health professional. So he's going to be kind of keeping us. Um, talking about stuff that is actually real (laughs) and not just kind of talking about our own personal therapy all the time although there will be some of Jen's therapy talk but um, he's we're really excited to bring him on we all three just love talking about horror and how it kind of helps us, you know, because I do think that especially like to bring it back to if it bleeds, like there's a lot that I really connected to and have talked about in therapy that I see in this book. And I've actually talked about if it bleeds today in therapy and last week in therapy.
0: Well, you also talked about it in uh, an exclusive essay that you could read of Jen's that's in our (laughs) newsletter currently right now. Not to turn that really nice holistic uh, discussion into a pitch, (laughs) but uh, Jen, you wrote this an amazing uh, essay uh, all on Thanks. If It Bleeds that you can find. Uh, you know, Patreon subscribers uh, will we'll be able to get to read it, but um, I am just, you know, it's great. It's, it's a really oh. long digression, um, not only just on If It Thanks. Bleeds, but on uh, King as a whole uh, with his uh, career arc and everything. But, yeah. um, well, look, we're all here. The cadet is formed. Uh, why don't we all get in the car, head on over to <laughs> Finders vroom, Keepers? Vroom. We're going to skip the the elevator. I have a feeling there's something tricky going on there, and <laughs>
2: <laughs> never get in that elevator. <laughs> uh, and
0: we're gonna go up. Uh, we're gonna use the stairwell, and then, even though there seems to be something blocking it, but we'll we'll, we'll get there. Get there, airway. Mike. Get there. <laughs> I know. Anyway, I'm gonna read the synopsis for If It Bleeds. Um, actually, I'm gonna read two things. One is the synopsis, um, and then two is uh, the little excerpt that we uh, that will give a a nice. Um, uh stable setting for this story um if it bleeds according to the synopsis on uh, wikipedia i didn't write the one this week uh just because i didn't want to miss out some details a lot of a lot of details when it comes to holly gibney uh holly gibney of the finders keepers detective agency is working on the case of a missing dog when she sees footage of a school bombing on tv but when she tunes in again to the late night report she realizes there's something not quite right about the correspondent who was first on the scene uh is this a uh, Movember? Uh, soon she will find <laughs> that's not actually part of the synopsis. That was uh, called an ad lib. Uh, soon she will find that she is not the only one to have sus- suspicions about the reporter. In fact, Gibney is one of King's recurring characters having appeared in the Bill Hodges trilogy, <laughs> Mr. Mercedes finders keepers End of watch and in the outsider. I, I added that last tidbit in there for our constant listeners who uh, might be, uh, unclear who Holly Gibney is. Um, I'm going to read this little excerpt um, that gives a a, a nice context uh, to the severity of this case and how it links to The Outsider. Um, because obviously there are characters of Mr. Mercedes that are in this, but this really does connect to The Outsider. Uh, the excerpt. In January of 2021, a small padded envelope addressed to Detective Ralph Anderson is delivered to the Conrad's, the Anderson's next door neighbors. The Anderson family is on an extended vacation in the Bahamas, thanks to an endless teacher's strike in the Anderson's home county. Ralph insisted that his son bring him his books, which Derek termed a grotesque bummer. The Conrads have agreed to forward their mail into the Anderson's return to Flint City, but printed on this envelope in large letters is, DO NOT FORWARD, HOLD FOR ARRIVAL. When Ralph opens the package, he finds a flash drive titled, IF IT BLEEDS, presumably referring to the old news trope, which proclaims, IF IT BLEEDS, IT LEADS. The drive contains two items. One is a folder containing photographs and audio spectrograms. The other is a kind of report or a spoken word diary from Holly Gibney, with whom the detective shared a case that began in Oklahoma and ended in a Texas cave. It was a case that changed Ralph Anderson's perception of reality forever. And the final words of Holly's audio report are from an entry dated December 19th, 2020. She sounds out of breath. Well, I'm out of breath after reading that, um, <laughs> <laughs> and I think a few of us were out of breath after reading this uh, the story because uh, this is a, this is kind of a, a dicey story for uh, for old Holly Gibney because uh, she's on her own. Uh, as mm-hmm. I mentioned before, this is a straightforward story from Holly. Um, let's go around and just offer our kind of initial thoughts on uh, on this story and what we thought. Uh, do we th- do we think this is an over and under t- sort of situation uh, for Holly based on where she's been in before? I'm going to start with Randall.
3: Yeah. Okay. So I I thought that this was the first book that I actually found myself invested in Holly, and that's mm-hmm. good because she's the main character. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> I've always struggled with this character, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that King seems to have uh, willed her into this position that she's currently in, which is this uh, sort of um, preternatural, wunderkind um uh, investigator who doesn't really have training in this sort of thing, um, mm-hmm. but is more of a uh, savant, as you might say, a socially awkward savant. And because, uh, you know, I and I always go back because I always feel like there must have been more in the beginning because it's been so many years since I read Mr. Mercedes that... I feel like you know. Well, Holly must have had more of a of an of an entrance. But you know, revisiting and reading synopses of that book and stuff, it's really just like Bill meets her at the funeral for um, for Janie, who is a character in Mister Mercedes, and they like they just bond, and uh, she joins him on his mission. Uh, it's funny. I was watching a movie. There's a really shitty movie called McBain uh, that's from <laughs> 1990. <laughs> you know, McBain. From 1990, and it stars Christopher Walken, and it's and it's funny because it's like The Simpsons McBain, but this is an actual real yeah. movie, and uh, but it has nothing to do with The Simpsons McBain. It's very serious, but very very bad and very funny because it's so bad. And but one of the things about it that we like to make fun of uh, is every time like somebody meets. Christopher Walken's McBain who is basically like a steelworker in New York who for some reason is chosen to lead a revolution in Colombia against like the evil drug warlord president and um, but every time he meets somebody they're basically like I'll join you you know like even if it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. and we find that very funny and just the idea like I'll join you and so I always feel like Holly is just sort of this I'll join you character where it's like why are you joining bill like in this thing you know and it's like uh like and so uh, so I think the origin story of Holly has always been an issue with me I've never really bought why she um I mean I know a lot of it has to do with that she saw him as somebody who believed in her and and uh comforted her in kind of a dark time but this is somebody who in the books you know she's she's older she's in her 40s I believe um and Mm, I think so yeah, and she uh, and she's m- was more or less sort of uh, you know repressed by her mother. Like, and we see a lot of that in this book. That I'll talk more about that, but. Um you know, she was really repressed most of her life and then suddenly just sort of discovers this um, this this nascent talent for, uh, you know, being an investigator. And so it's I just don't really buy the character. I buy the character a lot more in the HBO series where they kind of sh- showed that it was, you know, yeah, she had rough parents, but she always had these sort of weird um, preternatural sort of like intuitive Talents uh, from when she was very young, and clearly, and there isn't sort of the whole history of uh, being repressed and being, um, you know, kind of shut away from the world uh like in the books because that's always my issue like the the holly and the outsider the tv series has been doing this you know like this is something she does and gets Mm -hmm. paid for and that's something i buy and then also even in like these later books like the outsider and even if it bleeds like she's more of a you know like a uh, an administrative assistant Uh, she's like a part-time investigator you know
0: so i have a question on that don't you feel as if And granted, I'm going to, full disclosure, um, and this is, uh, might strip me of my authority of being a uh, a (laughs) co-host in this episode, but I have only really been acquainted with the Holly Gibney from Mr. Mercedes by Audience Network, everyone's favorite Audience Network. Um, I only know that show. And then also HBO's The Outsider with Cynthia Erivo and obviously the story. Now, based on my understanding of the character, it almost feels as if there's like the, 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 God, I don't want to sound awful saying this but it almost feels like the Holly Gibney of like the Mr. Mercedes and also the books you know with Mr. Mercedes is almost like kind of YA Holly Gibney and like the outsider and if it bleeds Holly Gibney and and, and especially with Cincy Revo, almost feels like adult Holly Mm -hmm. Gibney like, is, yeah, that, is I, that a fair I'd, I'd agree uh, with that
3: because a lot of it, there is sort of this childlike nature to Holly and also the sort of like discovery she makes about her talents for this are usually something that is reserved for, you know, like a younger character. Um, yeah, like yeah. they get mentored by somebody and, and it's always just struck me a little bit weird that um, it's all happening with this older woman who, you know, doesn't have any experience in, or, you know, at least in the beginning, interest in this sort of thing. And so, um, so I think that, that's always been a roadblock for me with the character. And especially because I've just never enjoyed her quirks and um, eccentricities. I've never found them particularly charming. They feel um, a bit contrived and a bit put on Um, Mm -hmm. like this, this concept of her, you know, saying poopy all the time or, you know, being like a weird movie buff. Like these are just things that I don't fully buy about the character on the page. Um, And so I think that, uh, what I liked about if it bleeds was it started to fill in some gaps in terms of the humanity of the character, because I feel Mm -hmm. like that's been lacking. Um, there's been a lot of quirks and a lot of, um, you know, I'm thinking about the outsider, like a lot of, uh, investigative intuitiveness that i do Mm. think is interesting and i do enjoy the scenes where she sort of is is chasing clues you know i think her curiosity is something that that i like in the books but but you know i think for me i struggled at first with the scenes with her um uncle and her it is her uncle right who's going Mm. into the home yeah with her uncle uncle and her yeah yeah, and with her mother i struggled with those scenes early on because i was just like I don't really care, you know, I just just get me to the just get me to the mm. the blood and guts, you know. And um but then I found by the end that that was where I was most invested. Uh and I actually started to feel a lot of um interest in the characters, emotional arc, and also, and I started to understand her struggles a little bit more, and I'll talk about this more later, I don't want to dig into it now because it's kind of a thing, but the relationship with her mother to me is something that feels fresh within the King canon, I know he has a lot of mm. troublesome parents, but I think the particular dynamic between Holly and her mother is something that feels, uh, and it might be because it's something that... um that I've experienced in my personal life is, is similar to, I think, what Holly's going through here. And mm-hmm. so it's it, it really landed with me in an emotional sense. And so I found myself really identifying with Holly on a level that I hadn't in the previous books or, or even really in the series. I think in the HBO series, um, we're given sort of the emotional connection through her relationship with uh, the, the cop that she, the former cop yeah. that she uh, has a relationship with, which I think is successful despite itself. It's not a storyline I thought I would have liked um, on paper but you know it was really acted well and, and beautifully written and so um, so I think I get some of that here so I think overall like in terms of the mystery and I'm sure you guys will probably talk about the mystery a little bit more uh, I've been kind of focusing on the emotional aspect I think for me um uh, the mystery itself was fine and serviceable. I think it, it, it waded into a lot of issues that I have with King in general, uh specifically wisecracking ghosts slash demons slash monsters. Um I don't <laughs> I, I, I I like my monsters to speak less uh, than they do in a lot of King stories, and uh this this character here is a bit too mouthy, uh, I think for me. But um. um but I think in terms of the emotional wallop. Uh, that I felt as the story went on was something I wasn't expecting and something maybe I was I was craving and maybe I'm ballooning it uh, compared to you guys. I think it's just something that <laughs> I think I wanted from Holly that I feel like I was able to get and if it bleeds. And in that sense, since King is clearly not going to let this character go and he wants to write more stories with her, I'm glad he's at least moving in that direction where she's becoming more fleshed out and less, um, you know, I guess archetypal or, um, you know, like she's always felt... Like a character that King created and just was like sort of flipping all these levers for things that he wanted to be in a character that is his own, you know, cause he, he, these days he really loves all these writers who do like, you know, a John Lawrence book, right? You exactly. know, it's like yeah. they have these continuing characters that show up in these procedural mysteries and those are great. I, I, I like those too. And I think that he really wants that character and I think he's been sort of fitting Holly into that mold unsuccessfully i think for the most part but i think now i'm starting to get on board with it so yeah. um that's my long-winded way of saying um I, <laughs> I i liked i liked if it bleeds the story overall it, it wasn't my favorite in the collection but it was to me a step forward for the character like i also mm-hmm. i mean i would say i probably like the outsider a lot more too um but the outsider is you know a different beast this is more I, of a yeah
0: so i have a question for you so How much of your perception of the story was altered by HBO's The Outsider?
3: Um, honestly, not too much because I, I just reread the outsider book, yeah. um, uh, while I was watching the HBO series. So it was really fresh in my head and, and, you know, King writes the character in a way that really doesn't dovetail that well with the HBO version. Um, there, and of course, like when I think about the way that King has written Holly on the page, I do not think of Cynthia Erivo and her performance, which I love, uh, uh-huh. but to me, they are incompatible, um. And so I see them as two separate characters. So, And I think also because I have read Mr. Mercedes and that whole trilogy plus The Outsider, I do have a better sense of who King thinks Holly is. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, the, the HBO version was not heavy in my head. But I can see how for you, because you've not read those books, um, that it w- – and I would love to hear you, Mike, talk more about that later uh, about sort of the Holly on the page here versus the Holly in the series. Yeah.
0: So. Well, let, let's definitely hold that uh, yeah. for sure. Um, and especially also, I want to talk about the idea of <laughs> uh, King wanting to have this character be a vessel uh, into true crime. Um, because I think that's a huge discussion that we needed to to have. Um, and something that we've kind of you know kicked around over the last couple of years. Because um, we've certainly discussed King's relationship to true crime and how he's kind of capitalized on the genre itself. But... I think at this point it, it does feel as if he's kind of found his groove within it. Um, and you know, l- let's save it for that. Kaffrey, wh- wh- what, what are your initial thoughts on this? And you know, you re- recently just reread the majority of the Holly Gibney uh, tales. So, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts.
1: Well, it's, it's funny. Um, I like what you, y'all were saying about picturing, uh, uh, Cynthia Erivo in this, like, because I hadn't watched the HBO series but I have read all the, the Mercedes trilogy and I read The Outsider and I've read this. And what and I started picturing her in the part, but I totally agree with what Randall is saying. Even having not seen the HBO series, anytime she said poopy or did something mm-hmm. quirky, <laughs> it just like did not compute. It was yeah. like there was static in my mind. I'm like, oh wait, this is, you know. Um man, I feel like I have so much to say. All right, I, I will say this. I've ragged on Holly Gibney, and not not just Holly Gibney. I I don't think mystery novels are King's strong suit. Nope. I just don't. I think there's a reason they all veer into the supernatural because that's what he's better at. And the and and I don't think he does it in a way that is cool and subverts either genre. For me, it's like oh, he doesn't. He's not great at writing mysteries, so he makes it a monster story halfway through. He did that with uh, the Mercedes trilogy also. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I love King. He's my favorite writer, so I I can get through it all, but. I, so that that's been just a, a kind of issue for me with all these mm-hmm. books all this give me series in general however I do rec- I want to recognize that that's where his head is at and that's this t- the type of stuff he likes writing right now and that's aesthetically uh, you know he, he is he is dabbling in a certain genre so I do feel like it's also as someone uh, reviewing the book I do think it's good i th- I think I should meet the book on its own terms right like mm-hmm. it's not much of a review just to say well holly sucks and the Hodges Trilogy sucks. I, I don't think they suck, but you know what I mean? They're not my favorite thing, so therefore I'm not into this. Um, so that's like, I guess that's my big caveat because I, I want to kind of check myself when I'm coming down too hard on it when it just n- might not be my bag. Um, so anyway, if it bleeds specifically, I think I, I, I struggled a bit with this one aside from all that stuff because it's such an extension of The Outsider, right? Yeah. Like I, al- I almost wondered if, it would have made sense to me if they just somehow brought back the outsider from the outsider, not made a new outsider, which honestly didn't Mm. feel that different from the last outsider to me. I know. And I don't, it's kind of funny. One of my classmates actually has this play about the Kukui, the the thing that the outsider actually is. And I I also don't feel like King has done his homework on that mythology. Like it doesn't Mm. feel that specific to me. It's just kind of like, oh yeah, it's this thing in Mexico and it can kind of take the form of other things. And, yeah, know bada bing bada boom and so i feel like to me i um i just don't love the outsider as a villain i don't hate it i just think it's like vague you know it's just kind of like all right it's like the shape-shifting thing and um my problem so with I, my problem yeah. with it
0: is and i wonder if you share this because I, I think you're the most critical out of the four of us um and i wanted general, to kind of well oh, with you
1: i feel like i'm the i'm the i'm like the wimpiest out of the wait do you mean in general or just out of no well
0: no no, no in terms of like, for yeah. the holly give stories um oh, yeah, yeah, and just yeah. not to spoil too much, but. Um, I th- I want to say like don't you agree that like once King actually reveals the Outsider he has no fucking clue what he wants to do with he it does, he he, uh-huh. he has,
1: exactly it's like yeah. he well and and for me when um I mean what, yeah, and y- y'all have reviewed the Outsider on the show listeners if you haven't heard the Outsider or watched it I actually haven't watched it so I don't know if this happens in the show um do, like turn skip past the next 10 seconds um we've all we've all read the outsider here right we've all yeah
0: seen yeah it i've read so, I, I mean i know everything that happens in the book just because i was the, following yeah. along my, my girlfriend read it while the show was on and she literally like gave me the whole detail of what happens when when the the show and the, the book ultimately really do kind of splinter off Diver from each other yeah.
1: yeah that's i'm actually curious about that when um uh when i do decide to watch the show and so in the when i was reading the book and um uh the t- the the guy who's arrested the the coach when he gets like shot halfway through you're like holy shit this is awesome where's king gonna take this like i, I mm-hmm. was like genuinely like man this is i thought this was gonna be almost uh, like a john grisham thing where he they have to prove his innocence and I, I i and um and then when it started getting supernatural i was like all right well okay let's see <laughs> and then when the outsider became what it was and that was the reveal i totally agree both with this and if it bleeds i'm like i don't I'm like, this is just kind of crappy action scenes now. The action mm-hmm. scenes aren't even that good to me. Um, so that, that was a struggle for me. And it, the book did this story felt a tad, just a tad pointless. Um, Mike, I want to hear what you have to say later about the the one for the road thing. Cause I think that's interesting. But totally. um, yeah. I, and then, but, but then, then I will say this in the last bit of the book, the kind of coda where Holly is sort of getting back to her life and, and we see Jerome's family and all that, when it's just kind of focusing on them as characters that was the most I liked Holly or Jerome up to that point. That was when they mm-hmm. felt the most realistic as people. And they seemed to be kind of dealing with loss and this lonely existence in a way. Um, and I, I actually really, really quite enjoyed that. Even though, I mean, it was funny because I, I thought page 256 was like the second to last page. It's when um, <laughs> she's driving, she's driving home, listening to the radio. And I'm, I'm always a sucker for lonely Christmas scenes too. That's just something. Yeah. I mean. mm-hmm. um, and she's listening to her lives on the radio and I'm like, oh, this is a sweet scene. And I actually thought this, was, I thought this was literally the second to last page. And I couldn't believe he did this. And then there's like 10 more pages. So I'm like, okay, that's not as bad. But when it, when it goes, um, you can't have everything, she thinks. Into every life, a little poop must fall. And uh. I think that's sort of my epitome of my issue with him and Holly is that like, man, you had this kind of beautiful scene. And I like poopy jokes too, just like Randall. But uh, <laughs> um, I, you, you have this kind of like beautiful scene. And, and, and like the most I've ever really been drawn to her is a character. And then you just throw that shit in there. And I, I almost, for me, I'm like, <laughs> I don't think King needs to do all this work to make her eccentric. I don't think right. that's like what makes her mm-hmm. interesting. And he always, it's like just when I'm starting to like her, he always doubles down on that. So, um, so I, by no means hated this story after I decided me into on its own terms. I didn't, I didn't hate it necessarily, but it, it did just feel a little bit re- redundant to me. And I guess I just need to accept that that like, Holly is a character that King, like you guys said, I, I think she's going to be with us for a long time. At the end, and the authors at the end even says, I love Holly. It's simple as mm-hmm. that. She's supposed to, and, and I, as someone who, and we're all writers on this podcast, as someone who writes, I totally understand when you unlock something that feels like this tidal wave of creativity, right? Like you tap into something you're like, Oh my God, I have all these ideas. It's almost like the character becomes this kind of muse. I totally understand that. Um, and I guess it's I guess I just have to accept uh, just because she's King's hero does not mean she needs to be mine hero. My hero. We <laughs> yeah, have different set because I'm because I, I just don't see it. I'm like, man, I do not see w- what is so appealing uh, about her to you. I don't see how she's such this like amazing character. I, which is is kind of a bummer because when we were talking about um, the characters King has revisited the the role in Deschains, the Father Callahan, is Alan Pangborn. They do tend to be men, right? And so I do like mm-hmm. that he has a strong female character that he wants to keep coming back to. But I guess for me, I just don't think it's his most interesting character um, uh, that I've come across, but he, he thinks that, and it's his, it's his stories. And, and I'm, <laughs> Hey, I'm just the show on the podcast. He's the millionaire. Well, so I, 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 really I,
0: I guess <laughs> I wonder how much of that, uh, you know, appreciation for the character has to deal with the actual character itself or, is it more that it's this sort of quote unquote skeleton key for him to be able yeah. to write true crime stories? Because, I mean, look at his fucking show, you know, like the, the shows that he binges and the shows that he watches and the books that he's reading. Like, he's obsessed with true crime right now. Oh,
1: okay, yeah. And he loves like the hard boiled stuff. And yeah. I have to be honest, I just don't, I mean, it's like I said earlier, I just don't think it's a strong suit. And maybe no. people, no, maybe people disagree, but like, I don't, I don't love. I don't love the Colorado kid, I think. I, I just don't think he's good mm-hmm. at um, doing. There are so many hard mechanics that go into crafting a compelling mystery. And I just don't think he knows how to do that. Like, the, I mean, honestly, the, the, the biggest mystery we get is like, oh, the guy's mole moved. I wonder, oh. I know. Oh, it's mm-hmm. the same,
2: it's the and that's same why it always veers into horror at some point. Exactly. Yeah. he's good
0: yeah. at
1: that. And it's like, oh, it's, it, his mole moved. Oh, what is he? Oh, he's the same monster as last time. <laughs> well, I mean, <like>, you know, <laughs> it, it goes into
0: the, the sort of thing that I <laughs> always bring up. It's the, the you know, the... The innuendo, the king innuendo, where you think that, like, if he's going to infer it, it's going to be real. And, like, mm-hmm. that's why, like, when they do the whole rigmarole of Kali being like, oh, well, you know, uh, maybe I'm just, uh, I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, too much into it. It was literally like... It's like when you watch uh, like a TV show and they do the Sam and Diane thing and you just fucking know it's going to be Sam and Diane as a couple. Like you're just like, mm-hmm. why are you like yanking my chain about this? Like and they did that like it's one thing to do that in a book where you can kind of go on an interesting curves and twists and turns. But like when you do that in like a, a novella, it's almost like eh, like you're only doing this to make it seem that more plausible. Totally. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: and, and also too, it's like, and I think part of what has to do with that is when it comes to, and it's not like King hasn't done his homework. I mean, he's, he's read those true crime guys. Yeah. And he, you know, went to like the, the Raymond Chandler and whoever else, but yeah, you have to look at how those mysteries always have such a Byzantine quality to them. There's so much in that, even, even the movie like Brick, which is like, a really, a movie that goes down easy, right? Oh, Sigh, um, Ryan Johnson,
0: who can do it? <laughs> no yeah, wrong? like um,
1: e- even with even with that, like I feel like I feel like, I mean, or no <laughs> Knives Out, hell, that's I mean, it's more of a whodunit than a than like a hard boiled mystery. But like R- Ryan Johnson, in my opinion, I'm like okay, he 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 layers in so many details, yeah. And, and all of the all of these these Hodges books and Holly, they figure out the mystery halfway through, and then all you're left with is like a lame monster chase, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it just builds to the cl- it just yeah. builds to a confrontation. But what about and it you? feels so you? plodding yeah, I was gonna ask Jen. What do you, yeah, what do you think? Because I, I, I think you're the only one on the podcast. Yeah, yet. I think I've, I. have not heard your thoughts. on Yeah,
0: that. if there's anyone that's gonna be on here, that's gonna be in like, that's gonna really give find some clarity <laughs> for Holly, it's yeah. it's it's Jen. So. Go. Oh
2: yeah, I mean, I, I. Okay, now I will say I have not always liked Holly. Um yeah. I don't. Because when I look at the, the Mercedes or the Hodges trilogy and I look at The Outsider and this, like, I don't care about any of the true crime stuff. It's not really a genre I enjoy. Um, and so for me, when I'm reading those books, it's more about the characters. Um, and like the Hodges trilogy is about Bill Hodges and I don't like Bill Hodges. And The <laughs> Outsider is about, <laughs> yeah, he and I mean, I've got some feelings about why that we can maybe talk about later. But um, sure. Like when I think about The Outsider, that's about Ralph. And I like Ralph more than I like Bill Hodges, but like he bugs me kind of about like when we were talking about the show, like just get on board already, Ralph. Like, and so this is the first (laughs) book where it's just been Holly and she's always existed adjacent to these characters, these male characters that are like father figures. And like this is, she's finally like breaking out of that. And I think like King is figuring out how to write about her and kind of figuring out who she is as a character and so like I read the Hodges trilogy when they first came out um in hardback and then as I was doing my chronological reread I was like okay I'm just gonna listen to the audiobooks of this because I know they keep keep going and I'm not gonna like fall asleep and forget to read um and Will Patton I think is the one who reads those and he Mm -hmm. says her voice and he comes back for
0: this one too Um, Oh, does he? Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Well, he reads her voice in this really clipped way, like, commands the woman once scuttled through a light. And it's just so hard to listen to. And I think that's like (laughs) leaning into the old king, because like when this character first got um, introduced, she was so like very tense and anxious and very repressed Mm -hmm. and I think you can see her grow a lot and I did not like her until like about halfway through The Outsider and like oh okay I see who this person is and when I think about why I didn't like her I think there's like if I look at my own life and because I've got a parent that's very similar to to uh, Holly's mother um, and it's one of those feelings like when I was reading Gerald's Game, I was like, oh, fuck, King is writing like the thoughts that are in my head and some like I've got some of the quotes that made me cry because I think when I think back to the Hodges trilogy, the Holly that is there is the, the is so much like the part of myself when I was younger and I was just so afraid of everything and I didn't like that version of myself. And so I was like reading about her and I was like, just stop being so afraid of everything and stop, just like, stop, stop, you know? And so I think as you can see her progression through this, she's like becoming the character that she is supposed to be and like finding her courage. And I didn't really see it as much. I think the show, The HBO show kind of leans into she's got like kind of savant qualities. And I don't necessarily see that as much in the books. I see it more as like she's always had this and now she's finally being taken seriously by other people and she's taking herself seriously. Mm -hmm. And so now she can take these things and use them in a way that actually like does something in a world outside of her little house and her family that's controlled by her mother. Um, but And so I, like when I think about this book or this novella, I don't care about the outsider. That was the least interesting yeah. part of it for me. Although I do have some interesting uh, thoughts about, well, I think they're interesting <laughs> um, <laughs> thoughts about how they connect to like how it connects to some of his earlier stuff, but like it's Holly's story that I love and, and it's all her story. Like the synopsis that Mike read is about Ralph Anderson and that's mm-hmm. like the most we get, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was
1: I was actually surprised how how much this, <laughs> he was in that synopsis like, wait, what? Yeah, because yeah. that's
2: what it was sold as, you know? Yeah. It's like Holly and I like how she kept like talking to him only not to him it was almost like a verbal diary yeah, that, you know I like that. and that, that kind cool. of like the the one thing that has stuck with me from the show was this moment where she says sometimes i just want to hear the voice of someone who's on my side mm-hmm. and that just has stuck with me and it touched me and so i like that that carries over and that now that she has had enough contact with people that are on her side and that care about her now she has the strength to like be on her own side you mm-hmm. know yeah. I like
1: what you said said Jen about yeah her because because even even me not and yeah it sounds like I, I probably like the story the least I've ever heard here I did like I said the end is when I did start to see glimmers of a character I did like and I like what you said about he's kind of figuring out how to write her, and it would be interesting mm-hmm. to see what the next Holly stories like in the next one after that you know I'm trying to think if there's another character from fiction where they didn't really figure them out until i mean yeah, i guess you mm. could say i guess you could say the friday the 13th movies with jason right Like by the third <laughs> yeah that's the third true. one it's like oh jason <laughs> like now we're in total jason um mm-hmm. but yeah and, and like I, I felt that way about about um jerome too and that's i think because he's also yeah. scaling back on his uh his uh, racial caricature voice which is um oh, which he mentions in here but i don't think yeah. he actually ever does it thank god because that, that's like uh-huh. i think maybe i don't know maybe it's like the, in the hodges trilogy that the sense of humor is just not our thing or something. I think, I,
0: mean, my, I think my problem is that it's too cutesy. It reminds me of the yeah, humor Q-Z's in the Marvel universe where it's like... It, and actually, <laughs> this whole... Uh, I think I texted Randall about this, but like whenever you get back to like Finders Keepers headquarters, it re- literally reminds me of like when you get a, a real good character from the MCU, which is pretty fucking rare since they all suck. But um, uh, when you like, get a good character... Wait you um, just
3: get us like ten one-star reviews, Mike. I know, I know, <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know.
0: Look, I you know you want to you want to get my id. I like Iron Man three and uh, what's another one that I, that I think is good? You like Spider Man. I like Spider-Man: Homecoming. Those two are great, but everything else, whatever, like it. take it, like leave it. My,
1: I'm a big Marvel fan. I love those movies. But either
0: way, what I what I can't stand about the Avengers movies is that when you take like a really serious character, like like Tony Stark on his own is great because he's nuanced. He's not a fucking punch bag. He does. He has. He doesn't just deliver one liners and whatnot. Although I think in Endgame he's actually pretty great. But um, what I think is annoying about the Avengers is that you have to have all these sense, you know, these sort of sensibilities and these like personalities all like commingled together. And whatever severity that you've seen them in in their own separate chapters kind of gets washed away for this like, oh, wow, well, look at the gang's back together. And we're here at Avengers headquarters and everything's all right. And, you know, and, and it, it, it kind of like strips their personalities for the in favor of like uh, punchy uh sentiment- sentimentality. And that's kind of what I get every time we get to like finders keepers. Like I mm. love when Holly's on her own and doing her own things, because like it reminds me of. Um, like for me, it was actually impossible for me to not see Cynthia Erivo in this. Like I just saw yeah. Cynthia Erivo. Even I just look beyond the stupid, uh, King isms that have like the poopy and stuff like that. I don't even really recall it too much. Cause I think I glossed I over a lot of it. E. Me like, too.
1: The e, the e on the on the end of it. Um, <laughs> it reminds me of that scene in the wire where, uh, there's like veteran cop is like looking for a new job. Yeah. The guys here interviewing him are like so soft and old and the, and the guys, and one of them goes like, excuse me, I have to tinkle. And the guy gets turned off by it. Yeah. (laughs) That's honestly
0: how I feel with like a lot of like the, the dynamics and language with like the characters that are tied more to Mr. Mercedes. Like when it's more of like the outsider and Holly in her own head and like with her family and, kind of talking to ralph in her own sort of like almost like ralph was like her dark passenger in a way uh like uh not to reference so mm, mm-hmm. much but like i love those sequences just because it felt so much more real like it was treating the source material real and like the minute it gets to finders keepers which i was actually kind of pissed off that like they move this the story ends there because i knew that like a king was never going to kill any of his characters b mm-hmm. like it just kind of limits the sort of possibilities that can happen and see kind of seems a little dubious and unrealistic like if this thing is like an all-knowing like creature and um has lived on for hundreds and hundreds of years like you'd think it would be smarter and wiser to like th- than what king presents it as in this like incredibly limited and like um very uh like like um uh, micro scenario that he mm-hmm. he paints and he does the same thing with the outsider um you know like you go in a cave like Honestly, he should be like have the upper hand in this situation. And yet you really don't get the sense of that like they literally beat him down with a fucking bag of like, you know, things and <laughs> the, stuff like that. Yeah, like, the, it's
2: like the, quarters.
1: The slapjack or like the, the sock. The happy ball
2: slapper. <laughs> yeah. So I for me, it's like
0: all, all the characters like I, I like actually like Holly when she's on her own. And I'm kind of hoping mm. that this story like launches that. And, like, allows her to be on her own so that we can get a little bit more stakes. Because when she's at Finders Keepers, I never get a sense that she's in any any trouble or any. Danger. But the thing
3: is, like, part of it is the community that... Here's the thing. I don't really like it. I would prefer Holly on her own. But... A lot of what the character's arc is Is building community Because she's never had that yeah. And so, yeah. like, Jerome, his sister The guy, even the guy at Finders Keepers Like, uh, and in just the way that she's Trying to mend this relationship with her mother And everything, like She's trying to, like, build up relationships That Bill basically Hodges basically taught her how to have And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's, like, what King's trying to do Unfortunately, I'm with you in that I don't really care about Jerome Or his sister <laughs> Or any of these other characters 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 and uh it's you know it's just uh i don't know and then jerome's i don't know it's like i always struggle like i like characters who feel like real people and jerome Mm -hmm. is this like ivy league book author like when he's like 22 years old or something Mm -hmm. and i'm just like and i'm just like fuck off like i don't
1: (laughs) come on it's that thing it's like the um have have you all read black house the the yeah yeah it's mm-hmm. it's the thing king does this sometimes and it's his heart and his politics are in the right place he he takes he wants to go against the stereotypes so yes. hard right mm-hmm. that he doubles down away he just he gives them conflicting traits that just are not 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 obviously not that a young black man cannot be a successful novelist but he's just piling on like thing after thing after thing and just start, and, and then in addition to that it's like Oh, he's going to subvert the racial stereotype by actually mimicking like a stupid black person, and it's like, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and you're just like, this all feels kind. And and, and black House, he has those bikers who like quote philosophy all the time, and they're and you're just like, come on, dude. Once again, not that a biker cannot read philosophy, but uh-huh. you can paint the biker as a nuanced, intelligent person without him like talking about Kierkegaard. You know, it just feel, it feels like yeah. really, it just feels kind of silly. I, I I think to me at the end, end of the day, and anyway, like so not that. For me, he scaled back on the drum stuff this time, but um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, you're like, all right, King, we get it. Like, you yeah. try not to be stereotypical, but um, yeah, you still need to make him feel realistic, I guess. You know, anyway.
0: No, I, I mean, I, and I—that's that, kind of how I felt. It's like they're so. Um, it it, it, it's kind of weird to describe it i call them so like cushion characters where like they're too like soft and 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 cuddly for them to die like never once did Uh i think like oh jerome got hit in the head he's dead like no he's gonna probably come back in the end oh wow lo and behold he does like and like it just it seems so like i I don't know like they all seem so perfunctory like 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 they're like they're there like at a happenstance and like they're like chess items that like he's never gonna lose, and it's and, like
2: Gale and Sydney reminded yes, Scream, you know. Yeah, and that's uh, that's why yeah, like technology. you know
0: there's all this talk about like the new Scream movie. I'm like, oh great, can't wait, so I can watch another movie where they're gonna survive and like make some quips yeah. about like the next generation. Like I I don't like unless you. No,
2: I'll still you, watch it, but yeah, I, know I mean, I'll, mean I'll
0: I'll be the <laughs> opening. I
1: <night laughs> I say both of you are gonna be there. Oh, and, oh like, I'll be there <laughs> opening night. But the problem is out.
0: is that like you got up the stakes and like yeah. and it right. kind of goes into what we were saying last week where it's like I almost feel like. King is pulling his punches a little bit. Like Mm -hmm. somebody should have died here. Like. Yeah. Why? Why didn't somebody we care about in our little
2: quartet? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Did. I felt that way about The Outsider. I was shocked mm, that yeah. the body count was as low. And with Dr. Sleep, too, you know? And I think the adaptations yeah. kind of, I don't want to say corrected that, but just, like, kind of added the edge back in. Because I do see King doing that mm-hmm. more over the years as, like, making his characters, his, like, real, real characters kind of off-limits from, like, the harm, you know? Yeah. yeah.
5: Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should, too? Do you, yeah. do you
1: guys think that uh, cuz we're talking about him being inter- so into writing these mysteries do you picture him walking around their main mansion with his like fedora pulled re- low and he's like ah there he was getting <laughs> eggs for breakfast <laughs> and then it, and then Tabby's like Steven enough like just stop it with the with the mystery shit right in and here and he's like ah there she was a dame who was in the-. she's like Steven stop it's like, it what, Stephen, like Steven you
0: quit smoking that? why do you have a cigar in your mouth um <laughs>
4: <laughs> just being so into the No, I actually the I
0: actually see him going the full fucking like the full go full Nelson. Like he rents out like a, full a small Nelson. little a small little office in Bangor <laughs> Maine that's like has like stairs and like a little light bulb outside and like you know he hires a secretary to like be at the front of the desk and he's just like, "Well, <laughs> done writing for the day. See you tomorrow, Dolores." And then like, you know, puts
4: yeah, on his you hat fill and the the cap. Animals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like yeah, you
1: fill the- <laughs> Just like, uh, he's just like, uh. He's like, uh. I, yeah, I just picture it because the thing that sticks out to me about Hodges is his, 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 like, stupid hat that he's always got, like, yeah. like, uh-huh. like down on his luck kind of thing. So it's always picture him like, yeah, like a low brim fedora, like, pulling like, oh, it over his head. And, uh, like, Stephen White, they're like, where are you going, Stephen? You live here. And he's like, oh, yeah, right. I'm going
0: out for himself. a walk, babe. Uh, I'll see you later. Gotta catch <laughs> a flight, if so- you know what I mean. <laughs>
2: So yeah. maybe Tabby d- won't let him ride the motorcycle anymore, uh. so he's got to have something. <laughs> how do Go-
3: we How do we feel about King kind of folding all of these great tragedies, um, mm-hmm. like these mass shootings yeah. mm-hmm. and... Like Parkland. No, bombings. Bombing. That, that Parkland is a question. Um, how do we feel about him folding all of this into this, like attributing it in many ways, uh, or I guess not attributing it like this is a character. This is more of a monster that appears at those things. But there is the question of whether or not the energy, like with the original Outsider, the energy of the creature sort of ripples throughout and creates yeah. tragedy mm-hmm. upon tragedy. Um, I guess like it's a bold that, move. It's a bold, it's a bold move. Bold move yeah. And it, it, it reminds me I in th- a way of when we are watching uh, Needful Things. And, and it, it's yeah. in the book, too, but we were we were laughing, especially in the movie, though, because, yeah, it was basically like Leland is is the reason Hitler
1: was a thing. Yeah. And that's his really
0: only like claim to fame in the in the movie because we don't really get to see his nefarious deeds, um, you know, in action.
1: Well, and, and we don't and we don't get to see him as a little, a little dwarf. As no, we don't. Dwarf, unfortunately, no
0: his his
4: true
3: form uh his true but form but so i guess like i guess like for me it yeah. it always gives me sort of um i don't know a cheap thrill i guess i'd say uh because it, when i think about things that scare me right it's like it's it's hard for me to find things that like when I read like a horror novel, I don't get scared when a you know, I usually don't get scared when somebody gets killed or when a ghost pops out of the closet or whatever. but when you when you suddenly rope in the pulse nightclub shooting, right? And yeah, think, it's a and, and little I, touchy. I, well it's, yeah. well, it's just like the thing is, though, it's it's effective in its it is way because mm-hmm. because I think about where I was. I literally remember being on Twitter the night that that happened and watching mm. the revelations roll in, you know, mm-hmm. and it was horrible. Like it was it's yeah. it's so gutting and horrible. And you're just hearing about. Uh, you know, the, the grisly details of this shooting and and even by that point a lot of the details aren't confirmed and you're just getting this or sometimes you're seeing video of things and it reminds me of when he mentions these things it does remind me of that gut that horrible like sunken gut feeling that I get when these things happen and I start to see them roll in on yeah. uh, online and so it's sort of this cheap way, I guess, of of, you know, making his horror that he's creating resonate mm-hmm. that much more. And he's, you know, again, this isn't new. Like he's tied Randall Flagg to I think like, you know, some oh, tr- everything like, tragedies, worked. obviously. And yeah,
1: down to freeze and all that stuff. Yeah. It, yeah. And I don't so. I don't think he's um I can't remember him tying Pennywise to any real life tragedies, but he but obviously he's Pennywise is responsible for most of the 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 most heinous acts of violence in that town like yeah he's always flirted with the idea of like an old historical villain kind of extending their reach beyond just the immediate events of the book well i mean i guess it's
0: the question it's like do we consider this to 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 borrow from uh you know a term that you'd see on twitter like you know opportunistic do we think Mm. this is problematic
1: i I mean i don't know it yeah you you go ahead jen
2: well, because I kind of have a theory about this, um, and just go with me here for a minute. Oh, go for it. <laughs> because I do think uh. there's like the kind of the voyeurism, and there's like a little bit of a shorthand to like here's tragedy shorthand where you you know you don't have to build that out. But I think what he's doing here is I think he's revisiting rage, because he wrote mm. about that. He wrote about that school shooting. Um, And he's pulled that, and so I was just listening recently to his essay Guns about his decision to pull that from publication, which Rage is one of his very, very early novels for those or novellas that he actually wrote under the name Richard Bachman, which I I think is significant to the story too. So I think he is kind of making peace with what he wrote then, and I think that we have a character in this story who has a twinner, Because one thing that's interesting about this outsider is that there is a twinner aspect and there are like other people. So I think that's, and Holly actually calls him George, Mm -hmm. which is a nod to George Stark, which was Mm. the kind of evil, side of the writer that we see in the dark half and so if we're which george stark is an allegory for richard bachman i think in a lot of ways and richard bachman was what he wrote rage under and so wow. the problem <laughs> with rage sorry this is my like no this is i great. got a bunch of it. red thread connected so the problem that i think we i wasn't part of the show back then but like i agree with what you guys all said about rage is that he almost turns charlie decker who's the school shooter in rage into like an anti-hero mm-hmm. and he just has so much sympathy for that character and i think that a lot of, i think i can kind of chalk that up to him just being really young and yeah, this oh, was definitely. like yeah. in the 60s and the world is a lot different now so i can like i have grace for that i also understand why he pulled it from publication but like i think this is him like the bomber in this book is not human it is a monster and so i think he and as like as weak a monster as I kind of think he is, I think that by framing him as an inhuman monster, he's almost trying to make up for how much he sympathized with Charlie. Mm. And so when he is killing George in the story, it's like I I don't want to sound too schmaltzy, but it's like he's killing the part of himself that wrote that. You mm.
1: know, that's interesting. I, I know it's so it's funny because I I really like I like that theory. And and it, it coming from this kind of politically redemptive place, and it's, and it's weird. I it didn't. I think it didn't really. I didn't really flag it too much in in this story. But now that I'm thinking about, it, I guess there's yeah. There's a lot of different ways to read it, right? It's like there's yeah. the what Jen was saying, and in a weird way, um, you you could argue that by making this actual monster responsible for all these things, King is kind of in his own way paying homage to to victims and the survivors of it, and trying to like honor them in in some sort of strange strange way but also mm-hmm. on the other hand you could be like well d- does making it a supernatural monster take away from the real life evils that we experience and the real life mm-hmm. prejudices right like if it's oh well, it wasn't a it, it wasn't a homophobic guy with a gun it was this like bloodthirsty beast or whatever it is it's um and i don't i don't really i guess i don't fall uh too hard on one side or the other if like i do you think there are like different yeah different ways to read it. i really like what you're saying though about him thinking more sensitively about that stuff nowadays than he did with yeah. rage, which, um, yeah, rage seems to be like universally, like, I, I don't think any of us on this podcast are like, oh yeah, like art- artists are responsible for the, acts inspired by their art but it, it rage yeah. like this one exception where everyone including the creator i think is like yeah we don't really need this, <laughs> this, is this. Mm-hmm. well there's
3: also a history too of shooters um sort of being inspired by those kind of yeah. works of art like you know yeah. like um yeah. the guy who killed john lennon carrying around the catcher in the rye you know and it's like well, I mean, some obviously- of the shooters
2: were actually found with those copies Oh,
3: yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're right. We talked about that in our episode. Speaking of, we have an episode on Rage. Uh, It is. It exists. It's good. um, I remember I remember recording it in a very small apartment many, many years ago. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I remember Mm -hmm.
0: being sick, uh, like coming on with a sickness from it. um, And you weren't getting down with the sickness. (laughs) I was getting down with the sickness. Um, I I actually think that's an interesting um, take for sure, because. I mean, uh, you looking at him kind of, I like this idea if we're to look at some of his more works is like um, redeeming or not redeeming or like uh, looking at past quote unquote sins, so to mm-hmm. speak. Like, I mean, cause it makes sense. I mean, like when you're looking at his age uh, and, and where he's at, you are, you are going to feel nostalgic and I almost feel like, yeah, there is some sort of like um, amends that's that's going on here um i i guess the the thing that's kind of hard about this debate for me is that you could really make an argument for either or you can make an argument that a that by stripping the name of the killers and by making them this this this, this beast you're you're taking away the thing that they wanted most right which is recognition which is that 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 sort of um that that, that attention i guess recognition yeah or, hmm. but then B, you can make the argument that well, you're also empowering them more because they're they're this sort of celestial monster, so to mm-hmm. speak. So I guess that it, it kind of is this sort of like, w- depending on where you look and how, what hill you kind of you know stand on, I, you can kind of see it as being problematic or um, uh, intriguing. I guess intriguing is the best way to put it. I, w- I don't know if I'd say it. it's great, but um, well.
2: And it's interesting because I think he talks, he kind of addresses that a little bit here. And like, so if I think way back to Salem's Lot with mm-hmm. Father Callahan, and he's talking about capital E evil and little E evil. And like the capital E is like the demons. And I think of like the exorcist, like Pazuzu, and like Mm the, and like Barlow, you know? And then like the small evil, which is just like a man who beats his wife. And just as he refers to it in this book, like the moron stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's talked about, I think he's kind of explored that throughout his career. like, what is, like... And, and here, he taught... Jerome is talking about outside evil and inside evil. And then what Jerome ultimately ends up saying is he doesn't think there's any difference, which I think is the first time I really have seen King kind of put those two together, you know? So when I think of, like, him referencing school shooters, I think maybe he's saying, like, there really isn't a difference between this, like, all-powerful man who, like, takes all these lives in his hands and crushes them, and just this, like sad kid who just did a bunch of terrible shit you know and I think I kind of like that it almost feels like that theory for him is kind of coming together here
0: Mm -hmm. if it bleeds we can kill it probably my favorite line from Predator. Classic Arnold. Well, now it might be my favorite Stephen King book. Uh, what's that you say? Yes, Stephen King has a new book. or Rather, a novellas collection. It's called, you guessed it, If It Bleeds, and features four different stories. One's about a rat, another one's about a man who contains multitudes, there's a cell phone with an afterlife, and even Holly Gibney joins in on the phone. And if you're like us, you'll probably just imagine Cynthia Revo in the role the entire time. That's a reference to HBO's The Outsider. I didn't kill that kid, Ralph, but you will read this book. After all, we have nothing but long days and pleasant nights ahead of us. Ooh, can't wait. So what are you waiting for, constant listeners? Grab a copy of If It Bleeds, the latest from Psy King. Four novellas, creepy tales, Holly Gibney. You can't lose. Get it now, wherever books are sold. Hasta la vista, baby.
3: To pivot slightly, how do we feel about this this creature being a cousin to the Outsider? <laughs> That's my uh, yeah yeah. So this yeah. was something that kind of annoyed me, like that mm-hmm. idea of it being a first or second cousin. Um, it's the thing is, I feel like when King came up with the Outsider concept. He had two different ideas for what it could be, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. the outsider, he went one way and then he thought, oh, that could be also neat if it's this, <laughs> if it like feeds uh-huh. off grief by attending mass tragedies. And so I can explore <laughs> yeah. this other version of it. And it's a first tra- and like just w- when you put the phrase like first or second cousin in there, I like groan so loud. I'm just kind of like, hey, and uh, this is this. Oh, wait, you go, I Dan.
1: Hate, well, I, I was just going to say First, and Second Cousins, I would hate to be at that family reunion. <laughs> <laughs> <remember>, I'm sorry.
0: Fellow <laughs> loser here, Dan, Dan Flieger. One of his favorite things in any uh, source material is when you have like nuance with uh regards to like villains or monsters or or any sort of lore that you can kind of get dig deep on like he's like a huge fan of game of thrones and one of the things he loves is like when you can kind of find like the 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 disparities between the houses and um you know like oh this dragon is at this stage so this dragon can do this and and that bit, that that aids to the build the world building right you know it's not just the setting it's also the character and like what i feel is kind of frustrating what you're saying Randall is that like there isn't a lot of thought to the sort of evolution of "quote unquote" <laughs> no. the setter is. No. It's like think about the setting. How many times have you been into like one of these sort of like pedestrian style office buildings? The lobby area is not very large. Like there's not a lot of room here. So like mm. the actual setting for this "quote unquote" final battle is so uneventful. And like yeah. it's, it's even like a lesser version of the the thing that we saw in the cave. And even in the cave, it felt kind of like yeah wait a bag of like um qu- not quarters but like but yeah. ball, ba- ball, ball, labeling, ball bearings yeah. are gonna Abby's fucking take this thing down like come on yeah. like the fucking kids and stranger things have it harder than these people
2: <laughs> yeah i kept picturing fraser's hallway with the <laughs> yeah
0: exactly that yes exactly
2: wait, but
3: but this this speaks to what dan was saying earlier about about king maybe not doing his research on mm-hmm. this this myth. And the thing is like mm-hmm. what what he posits in the outsider is not that this is the Mexican legend, right? It's this isn't like El Cuco. That's just like the no. phrase they use for it. Yeah, like the yeah. what king yeah. posits is that it is the thing that has spawned the various legends about grief eaters across mm-hmm. the world. And that's interesting, but at the same time, it's playing fast and loose with mythology, right? Exactly, it's kind yeah. of like it's kind of like this is an idea I like, but by saying that no one culture is correct in how they, you know, are envisioning this creature, then I can make it whatever I want it to be. Mm-hmm. And then, but, mm-hmm. he, but like, so that's fine in the outsider, right? That I can accept that. But here he's basically just being like, well, because I said that I can make this other version yeah, of right. the, of the well, monster that, you know, also,
1: also too, I think that I've said this so many times in the podcast, at this point, I, I, King already has so many villains that feed off of fear, feed off mm-hmm. of grief, or siphon off energy from people. Just like mm-hmm. this whole idea of leeching, you know, like I mean, essentially dementors or, or whatever. And <laughs> so, it, I, I, for me, it just feels like a lazy villain choice in general. You know what I mean? Yep. Like the whole, I feel like the, I feel like the term energy vampire could apply to so many of King's villains at this point. And oh, I, it's I just know. Not, it's just yeah. not that interesting to me. I'm oh, like. No. And, especially and recently yeah oh god and i'm like oh it's just like a shapeshifter, shifter essentially and and i yeah i don't know i well then it again, makes I, it begs
0: the question it's like well we, are these connected to you know the the, the fucking uh energy sh- shapeshifters shifters and you know like rose the hat and all the you know the, yeah. the tribe and like that? a more like,
2: boring Pennywise.
1: yeah yeah right. seriously yeah like and, and i don't hell i'd almost rather make like a really strong pennywise connection at this mm-hmm. point rather than like oh yeah well it's kind of this thing but it's also this yeah, thing, yeah. you know like just just make a decision i just don't like the the super for someone who is so good at being specific with his supernatural elements i don't i i, I think i'm just like repelled a little bit but repelled what am i saying it's not, not <laughs> but, like he's coming over and shitting on the floor <laughs> or something She's, sorry sound like what are a, you like in
0: a cave right now like uh, bit, uh, so you got yeah. your gear out and you're repelling <laughs>
1: yeah. I've been I've been inside too long. Um, no, I'm, I'm, i I feel like I'm like talking about this this book way more viciously than I actually feel about it. But um, and I really like the, the three stories. But I, but anyway, um, I yeah, I, th- I think I just when it comes to King's supernatural villains, he's usually so good at making them specific. And so when he gets into this vague territory. I mean, hell I think, I think the rat and rat feels so specific to me in a way that the outsider mm. does not. And I think that's mm-hmm. why I like, I like the story rat so much. Um, yeah. But anyway, this,
2: no. this one almost feels like the teen wolf two to the outsider. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hey, uh, Jason yeah. Bateman also, right? I know Jason yeah, Bateman yeah, yeah. connection. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> I, I think like if there's anything to be taken away from this, that I, that I do appreciate it's, it's kind of what Randall was getting at is that I, I am won over by Holly. I did enjoy being with Holly. Yes. I, I, I appreciated the, the anxieties that she has. Um, and I, and I certainly connected with it in ways that I hadn't with, uh, you know, even watching the outsider. Um, again, I have no real footing. I'm, I feel like I'm Donnie and the big Lebowski, uh, you know, I'm out of my element here because I haven't read this stuff, but like I ultimately was certainly won over, um, by the character itself, just because I, I I liked how her method of thinking, I liked being able to see. Like, look, I I grew up on Thomas Harris books, so you know, even mm. as a young age, I was reading Red Dragon, Silence of the Lambs, um, and and obviously I grew uh, up on them. <laughs> well, I did because I, I I read I read both Red Dragon and and Silence of the Lambs, and I was like. Maybe like twelve or thirteen, which is a pretty yeah. early age to read those books. They're yeah, those are fucking like dark I, books. Like, I and was so,
1: on the teeth of Francis yeah, and obviously he he, <laughs> he found he, you know
0: he, he he definitely went off uh, less say your footing with Hannibal and and obviously Hannibal Rising, which I think he wrote in like maybe two hours. But um, <laughs> I, I love I love when I mean, true crime is 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 pulpy and fun. Like I like it, and like this one, and especially when you have like a really good protagonist at the center. And I feel like he does that with this. Um, but ultimately like it, it, it does feel a little, um, it, it, it kind of has the problem that a lot of indie horror movies have right now where it's like the third act just can't fucking land. And they have mm-hmm. and like, at, like at some point, like halfway through the movie, which is usually at the time when the climax and the, is really supposed to kind of heat up and like, are you supposed to build towards it? There's, they they kind of like fumble and they're like, oh god, where do we go? Well, let's just do the most Atlantis stuff possible and like just like flood it with action. And that's kind of my problem with if it if it bleeds and also the outsider, um, mm-hmm. is that it just it it ultimately trades in the the sort of intuition and nuance for like high action. Like oh, this is what would be at the end of a Law and Order episode or something that he's mm-hmm. watching on. And, yeah. and that's kind of it, kind of takes away the, the story for me but
1: what's well, it's uh it's funny Brent. thomas harris uh, also is a professed fan of thomas harris i uh, ah. yeah yeah well, in, <laughs> well it's interesting looking at hannibal the show and then also looking at silence of the lambs and 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 red dragon you the audience knows from the beginning who the killers are like always, oh, yeah like mm-hmm. it's never and it is some thomas harris is somehow still he still makes the quest for the heroes to solve the mystery that the audience mm-hmm. has already solved. So we're not waiting on information. He somehow makes that interesting. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, and I yeah. think that's yeah. because he has these details like the death's head moth and the switching of the faces and all, all the clues Lector leaves about, uh, you know, using the word Billy Rubin, which means Billy Rubin, which is code for shit. You know, like it, like mm-hmm. even though the audience isn't even trying to figure out anything in silence of the lambs or red dragon or whatever, they already know who the killers are. Harris knows how to pile on those procedural details in a way that makes us still want to follow it. And I yeah. don't, and, and that's why I think these, these books are, are missing for me. It, it, with these, it's like, I think the outsider. And if it bleeds, it's both like, and, and, and the Hodges trilogy, it's, it's kind of like, okay, pretty good, hard boiled detective story, detective story, detective story, something crazy happens. Awesome. Oh wait, now we're in monster territory. And then mm-hmm. it's just like the pivot just never, never quite. lands right, But yeah, yeah. Well,
0: here's my question, um, as we can kind of wrap this up, because I mean, we're not going to nose this, way, right? I mean, we kind of debated that after last week's episode, but I mean, we
1: should we should we nose the collection as a whole? What do you guys think? Uh, I don't know.
0: I mean, I think we, maybe we could do that. I mean, for, maybe we give our rankings of what stories we love the best to worst. Each person. Okay, cool, cool. Um, and then that I have works. one. I, then I have a final question to ask, uh, uh, based on that kind of bridges the two together. Um, Jen, you go first with a ranking.
2: ranking um i think i would probably rank are we going from worst to best yes okay so my fourth ranking i think would be rat i think my third would be mr harrigan's phone my second would be life of chuck And my first would be If It Bleeds. Now, that is not a ranking of the quality of these stories. That is how I connected to them because Uh I can see flaws in all of those. But just like, and we talked a lot about that in the last one. But just like, this was one of those books that I just read at the perfect time in my life. And I just connected so much with Holly in this. And it just, like, I was crying when I finished this. And it just, it just got me, you know. Uh So, yeah.
1: I'm sorry I ragged on her. So I feel bad now. Oh, no. that's okay. No, 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 no.
2: And and it's valid. Like, I just, it, it, she, Holly just, she and I are one. <laughs> I, look,
1: I connected to the rat, okay? <laughs> just
0: well, like, hey, hey to the uh, rat, rat man, man over here. Why don't you go give your ranking then?
1: <laughs> All right. We're, we're, Jen, you did worse to, to or out? Uh, yeah, see, four to one. To, least favorite to favorite. Okay. My least favorite was If It Bleeds. Surprise, surprise. Um, <laughs> next would come Mr. Harrigan's Phone. Then would come the life of Chuck. I think, and it's funny, I feel like the life of Chuck, um, me to life of Chuck is as as if it bleeds. Like, life of Chuck mm. is also, I think, horribly flawed in its own kind of ways, but I yeah, I think I connected to that one emotionally. And then, uh, one, we gotta go with all right all right all right don't love the rat i don't love the rat pun that ends the book but other than that i, I love rat. so yeah <laughs> and i would say if we were gonna give ratings but i know we're not i would i would do a three and a half noses for the whole book it was a solid collection why well, don't we give a mm-hmm. soft
0: uh, nose rating it's like we got the noses soft, but yeah, we're not yeah. putting them on the face all right so oh, three yeah, and a half good, from yeah. you yeah. Kathy, I mean, um, jen what, what
2: what what nose rating I, did you give? i think i might give it a four. Oh yeah
1: on, I will say on Goodreads, if anyone if anyone follows my Goodreads reviews, I'm not trying to be consistent because I give it four on Goodreads. But Goodreads <laughs> doesn't let you do half half stars or half ratings, so I was that's round true. Up a
2: little bit on Goodreads, yeah. I always feel like I'm like ranking things really high too, so there are in yeah, books yeah. that I do not like. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All I, right. It's rock- also
1: like uh, I, I guess eventually in years and years we'll get we'll get to a an in depth. Reviewed, the, although this was all pretty in depth, I guess we'll get Yeah, the, I, I don't know. I mean, it'll be categories. interesting to see if we yeah. how
0: we dissect this in 2023. Yeah. Um, if that's that, a I, that's conservative, yeah, I know it's <laughs> probably be 2024 or 2025. Uh, Rockin' Randall, hey, what's your ranking? What's your and <laughs> ranking?
5: My rockin' <laughs> ranking,
3: uh, baby. Oh, I got a sorry, I got an ambulance come in. It's uh, hey, um, hey,
0: oh, it's, it's uh, on, on the way, <laughs> yeah, the
3: police, yeah.
0: Maybe it's heading towards finder's keepers to uh, take Jerome to the hospital and uh, help him with his head wound.
3: Um, okay. I think my, from least to best, my least favorite story, it's Life at Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fuck this guy. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> fuck Chuck. No, I t- I obviously talked about it. Life, I I, life I do fuck. I do think there's a lot of good in Life of Chuck, but yeah, it's um, it's 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 my least favorite, and then um, and then I'd probably go Mr. Harrigan's phone. Although I still do like it a lot. Um, mm. and then if it bleeds. And then Rat is probably my favorite. <laughs> I'm a I am a Rat Man, as they say. So, um,
4: so yeah. And time. then I
3: guess for a nose rating, I'm I'm with Dan. I think I'd do a three and a half out of five bright red Pennywise clown noses. Um, I think that there's a lot to like here, and and I think mm. that it's a strong novella collection, like. And I think that there's a lot of good. And I I like that he's experimenting a little bit, you know, the Mm -hmm. humor in rat feels different than anything I've really encountered in King lately. And I would also say that life at Chuck has some really beautiful sort of existential musings that I like in a vacuum, but I just, I just don't love them as a story. And then, um, and then if it bleeds, yeah, like, again, I'm not, stoked for a new Holly book, but I'm at least on my way towards uh, you know, I, I feel like we got past the r- the rough first season of a show and now I'm like mm-hmm. starting to, yeah. to to get onto it a little bit. And uh, and then Harrigan's Phone I think is, is a good Meat and Potatoes King story. Um, again, yeah. I, I might have liked mm-hmm. it more if he had written it 30 years ago um, based on this, his sensibilities, but I also appreciate sort of where he's at now and sort of the more optimistic uh vein of, of his writing these days. It's something I may not like as much as his early stuff, but at the same time I appreciate it and it feels earnest and it feels um genuine. So um yeah. So yeah, that's my thoughts on if
0: it bleeds. Well I'm gonna I'm gonna give her my my little rankings here. I got if it bleeds at the at the worst, but hey look, I still liked it. I still liked <laughs> it. I still liked it. Um I'm gonna put go uh, go next with uh I, ring 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 Mr. Harrigan's phone. <laughs> um i like uh i got uh i got a rap problem here but i'm not i'm not certainly complaining about it um and then last but not least i i, I just i mean obviously i was the stand for chuck i loved life of chuck mm. it's something that's going to stick with me for a while uh for all the reasons i discussed last week um which ultimately puts this book at a four noser for me i i yeah. i haven't really dug a lot of new kings so much as i mean this just hooked me immediately and i this brought me back to like old salad days king um (laughs) and in the same way that like 1122 and under the dome did where i felt like he was kind of like leaning on some, you know use flexing some muscles that uh you know he hadn't flexed in a while well, um
1: what would, would you use the uh, as you used for the halloween's advertisement the old the old lethal weapon adage the magic you, is back let's just <laughs> say <laughs> the
0: magic's back um yeah i, I it really did Not feel only. that way with this it felt as if um you know going through elevation you know back in 2018 i read that like in like a sitting and it was, it was mm. enjoyable, but it also felt just so like performative and just like hollow, um, which, you know, no pun intended, but with this, <laughs> it really felt like he kind of found that, 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 that sort of sentimentality and was able to kind of wield it into his older sensibilities. I do wish he would have like kind of punched a little harder, um, mm. and in certain, in certain places. And I think it could have, uh, certainly, um, uh, bled a little bit more. Um, but <laughs> you know, ultimately a, a, a fun collection, I have two. I have two questions. One related to this book. One that's a little loosely, uh, you know, outside of it. To kind of uh, send us off. But first, do we think that King is at his best in these uh, sort of uh, sections or these segments? Uh, you know, novellas. The, 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 do you think this mm. format suits him best at where he's at right now, mm. currently?
1: It's a good question because I feel like as of late. <clears throat> I mean, hang on, I guess this isn't true. I was. What I was going to say was that I feel like. <laughs> lately he's been really attracted to these kind of sparse novella mm-hmm. like novellas that are almost sold as as full-length books like uh Gwendy's button box and elevation but then I'm like well no he's got the outsider and he he has the institute but the outsider's from an already existing property in a way and i haven't read the mm-hmm. institute so i can't really speak on that because even even um bizarre Bedrooms is a is a short story collection yeah. and then sleeping mm-hmm. beauties, which I haven't read. That's with his son. Right. So I think sometimes, long. yeah. Yeah. It's and like, really and, and I don't want to say I worry about this cause he's getting old and God knows the man is super mm-hmm. prolific. So it's not like he needs to be writing the stand at his age. Um, so again, I I I say all that to say oh maybe maybe the novella suits just where he's at workload right, wise right now you know what yeah, I mean like, I think that's like, is where, he is he, yeah. is he gonna write another it but I've heard I've I, I, I like I've heard comparisons of the institute to it so maybe he does still have that but but also y'all said the institute's not as good as something like it right or or is it
0: Randall you got you got to answer that or oh, Randall or Jen can answer that one
3: <laughs> wait say that again Dan.
1: Well, I was saying, like, I, I guess I'm sort of like wondering, oh, just at his age and his output is, 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 um, maybe the novella does suit King better because he's just, he's just more, well, I bet toward, he, shorter form. Yeah. More,
3: I mean, I can see that, but But, uh, but he did, did do
1: the Institute, which I haven't read. Yeah. So I, I, I he still
3: does.
0: Because the Institute's simple. very long and it, yeah. it, it definitely has, it's, you know, same with Outsider. Um, you know, do you yeah, feel I the like,
1: long, yeah. But I think it's like the Outsider is long. I think it's the Outsider is connected to an already existing, like, like work you know what i mean like i guess i'm saying yeah. like oh like does king still have an end to do these really hefty first time story kind of kind of books and yeah. if and if not and if not like i'm i think of the novellas a great does suit him really well right now and and as far as like do we prefer him in this form i guess it's kind of hit and miss for me because i love full dark no stars i love different seasons yeah do not Mm. like four past midnight so much i guess i could kind
0: of relate in the sense that I, i feel like we're in a world that demands content on a 24 7 basis and we are um and and for me that writes and you know preside over a media company my anxiety boils over when i spend too much time on one project and mm. it my anxiety's eased when i can knock out one project after another um which is why i love doing like a lot of the short form writing and i like doing a lot of long form audio <laughs> um mm-hmm. because it's a lot easier to do the latter and the former so um i almost wonder if king's the same mentality and has that psychology of like well you know, I'm on... I got some time here. Um, All right, I got so much time left. I really want to... Ha- I have all these stories. How am I going to parse them out? All right, I'll do novellas. I'll do short story. You know, I can do... I guess novellas, really. He hasn't really done short stories mm-hmm. since 2015, so... um,
1: Was that one Bizarre... Was Bizarre my Dreams that long ago? Yeah. I yeah. guess it was. Huh? yeah. I, yeah. Like, I like that collection a lot.
0: So, I mean, maybe yeah. it does suit him well. I think, honestly, like, I, I enjoy the novella more. I think it... It works in the same facility as um, a lot of the comfort TV that we have right now where I can I don't have to spend too much time on it. You know, I I admittedly, like when I sat down to try to read Institute last fall, um, I certainly had some anxiety with the sense that, God, this is a long book. I'm not immediately hooked into it. And um, I have so many other books I can read by him. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So yeah.
2: I put that one down well, for like months at a time. Yeah, really. Was,
1: uh, I, I'm excited to read. it. I know nothing about it. Like I, I, Daniel, I really like. You'll read it in like in like
2: <laughs>
3: three hours. Yeah. Yeah.
1: What? What about? No. What was it to I saw I'm like, I'm like, oh, you know, novellas are fun because you can read them fast. But uh, hey, so are a thousand page books. You know. <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> That's yeah. All well, I the want thing from,
2: I think I all I Go want ahead, from Ryan. King
3: is is. And I demand this of him before he leaves us. Is, I'm just kidding. No, it's like Aww. my favorite King books will always be uh the ensemble epics, you know? Yeah. The Stand uh-huh. yeah. It, Needful Things, Salem's Lot, but, uh uh Under the Dome, books like that. Those mm-hmm. are the ones where that's like where I'm at my sweet spot with King, which is like long twisty huge cast of characters bunch of weirdos um really violent (laughs) really emotional i just like that's when i'm at my sweet spot with him i don't I, i i obviously have reconciled the fact that i probably won't get another one of those from him uh before you know and i think you guys are right in that he's probably just more comfortable writing in shorter forms these days although you know obviously He's got – he's never stopping. I mean, I think that's just the number one thing that we all know is true mm-hmm. is that he's going to write until yeah. the day he dies. And – um mm. He's just never going to stop. So I don't know. I mean, there is the chance that he could knock out like another big epic. But I don't know. I'm not holding my breath for it. I think we're going to be getting probably more novellas and more, I think, like 300 page. He's probably still going to mm-hmm. keep playing around with Holly and keep doing some. Uh, he's probably working on like a full length Holly novel right now. So for all. Yeah. We know. yeah. So, and you I know, think, yeah.
0: Well, he I said he's working though. on something right now in quarantine. Yeah. I mean, clearly yeah. he is, because obviously, why not? He he's never
1: stops. Yeah,
2: Because he's what? still awake. Uh, when
1: I think about, like, when I think about novelists as they get older, I mean, Philip Roth, who wrote, you know, very long books for much of his life, and when he got toward the last decade of his life, he was writing these really s- slim, like, 150 page, sometimes shorter books, like, like Everyman and Nemesis, and then The Humbling and all these. And I and those are some of my favorite things he's done, because I yeah. feel like his voice has become so distilled at that point, and he's figured out kind of the, the, the essence of himself, you know, and I and I really like i like seeing him get to that point and um and also to hey if king stopped writing tomorrow we'd all be sad of course but like <laughs> he did that man does not owe us anything i mean he doesn't no. know us anything because what no one owes us anything but also no. like he has given us as much i, I think we always say it's like as much as we rag on some of his writing sometimes and even and stuff like holly i mean he, the the breadth of the work he's given the world is just insane for someone mm-hmm. his age or any age like it's it's like if he, if he's if he announced tomorrow i'm officially retiring no more books i just want to chill out the rest of my life i i mean i would be i would be sad if we when get more books but I, would, I wouldn't begrudge him that i'd be like no dude you've given us so many different worlds and and so right. much to do and read so yeah. what, what about you jen yeah the short form versus long form stuff
2: when i so i agree with randall like my favorite are the long epics but i think my second favorite like, might be the short stories. Same. Because I feel like um, that's... Like, one of the things that I love about him, and he's talked about his stories being, like, artifacts that he's uncovering, and I love that he allows the stories to be what they want to be, and he will cut them off when I feel... (laughs) Sometimes he'll cut them off when they're done, and if it's a novella, then that's the length it is, and if it's a short story, then that's it. And I know there are occasionally ones that feel like they go on and on forever but like I kind of like I don't know I think he's just the best when he's got an idea and is just it's in his fingers and he's getting it out on the page and like I'll read it at any length because I also think like we're talking about the collections but like the Mist is a novella, and I love mm. that. And Dolan's Cadillac, I think, uh-huh. from Nightsh- or uh, what is it? Nightmares and Dreamscapes is a novella, and that's one of my favorites in that collection. And I feel like this is a good length because it's like it's more than the short story. Because the fun thing about the short stories is it's like it's not hack and slash, but it's like you don't have to think through it so much that you follow the thread till it's not scary anymore. Uh-huh. And then the long epic sometimes, like, I love the meeting notes, but you don't have that stage <laughs> in the stand where it's just stalling out. Oh, and man, so this yeah. is just like, yeah, it's just like a little, a very digestible where he can make a point and really explore it, but we don't get tired of the characters, you know? Yeah. So I guess all that to say, yes, I do like the novellas. <laughs> it is
0: interesting that i So I'm looking back on all his works. If Under the Dome was his you know 2010s version of an ensemble what would we consider his 2000s then I don't did he did he even have one mm. I, I don't think he did because of the accident I mean in the 90s is obviously needful things 80s is is pretty much it 70s is the stand I guess what the about
2: 1122 I mean eleven twenty-two well, we is that an ensemble.
0: I, I wouldn't really cuz it's it really yeah. does focus mostly on Jake like you never really do get any chapters outside of Jake.
1: I'm looking at wait, yeah, so you said th- you said Under the Dome, it, when did Under the Dome come out? 2010. 2000. So that's so for the for the 2010s, that's his for the 2000s yeah. so I'm just looking There's at the There's nothing old book really.
2: Show. Oh yeah. yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, I wonder if this actually, is like his leap year <laughs> or his leap yeah. decade. <laughs> that's interesting. He, yeah, cuz he was writing I mean like was hard yeah, no, because Dreamcatcher dream was his first, his post like accident mm-hmm. book, right? Yeah, Then yeah, no, yeah. the other stuff is all pretty. It's pretty insular. Like Black House is like pretty, a pretty small cast and focused on. Let me get those bikers, the philosophy yeah. bikers. Yeah, I mean, I guess <laughs> um, you
0: could make the argument that The Dark Tower, finishing The Dark Tower, is his. way Yeah, that's, the true, arts. yeah. that's it. But I, I do wonder yeah, if like point. maybe he does make one more for you know the twenty yeah. twenties and like.
1: Is, is the Institute, know. those of you, uh, uh, Jen and Randall... Wait, Jen, you said you did or didn't finish the I work. did read it. Is that... Because I know it's a long book, but is that... Would you call that not like an ensemble, a big epic ensemble book?
2: It, I think it try yeah. You
1: go,
3: Jen.
2: I was going to say, I think it's... A, it, it, there is an ensemble in there, but it's never like to the lengths of mm-hmm. it. Yeah,
3: or like yeah. Sam's Lot or something like that. Yeah, it, it is, doesn't... Yeah. It, it tries to have one, but it's it
0: doesn't quite achieve Yeah, it doesn't it, quite yeah. work. Well, let's yeah. hope he does it. <laughs>
2: Well, he mentions in, I can't remember, it's a a dear constant reader at the beginning of a collection about like recycling, your the the human body recycles itself every seven years. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of, you can look at his work in like kind of seven year chunks or from like short story collection to short story collection. So, I mean, we might be due for another one, you know?
0: I I hope so. Maybe that's what
2: he's got brewing. well Oh, you know, Sleeping Beauties is a little bit of a long epic, but... That's not very good. But he wrote that one. I Owen, don't know. So.
1: I don't know anyone who likes
2: that book. I haven't read it, but like
1: mm-hmm. I, I'm kind uh, Justin, to Justin
0: hated it. Like, uh,
1: yeah.
2: There's some interesting things in it, but I don't think it's successful. Yeah. For, it's for 800 pages. Oof.
0: Yeah. Well, it's getting an AMC show, so I'm excited for that one. Um, <laughs> I'm a huge fan <laughs> sorry, of Stephen but,
5: They're uh, just giving out.
1: They're giving out those adaptations like candy. at This. I point, know man.
0: it's insane. Mm-hmm. Like Ding literally today, up. they announced that they're going to do Throttle, which is technically just. Doable. I do like.
1: Yeah, I, I, I like I actually like that collection a lot, the Joe yeah. throttle Joe Hill collection. But um But yeah, the,
0: the story work. throttle are they making it into a series? They're making it a feature adaptation, so it's gonna be like a movie for HBO Max.
3: Oh, okay, yeah, a movie makes mm, sense. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I single think single it could actually be pretty good. But, yeah, yeah. I mean
0: we'll see. Hey, speaking of adaptations and HBO, Outsider is ostensibly coming back for a second season. Uh you know, it ends with the cliffhanger um you know with the button at the end with holly getting scratched knowing that we have some source material to work off of with future holly here with if it bleeds do we think that any of this is going to factor into a sequel what do we think and make of a second season of the outsider
3: i think it's going to go its own direction i don't think king i think Mm. king might have a hand like like a oversee over like overseeing some kind of role, but mm-hmm. I don't think that it's gonna incorporate anything from if it bleeds and or anything from King's universe. I, I think would, it's gonna I be would, its uh, own story.
1: I would love it's it if it's like a Dexter a family sitcom between the, the two outsiders the, the cousins, <laughs> kiss, kiss and Cousins living together
2: yeah. they put like a roll of tape down the middle of the room yeah, oh yeah, it's,
1: my like, god. it's like your side of the fridge my side of the
2: fridge you, you didn't you, label you, the milk
1: you didn't label the grief oh god this, that was are well,
2: both. <laughs> was, it's that like that they keep labeling, labeling everything outsider <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. it'll just be like an episode of like a later season of Buffy where you just get like a bunch of demons mm. being comical and, and what not yeah. Uh, well, I guess we don't know. Well, and we probably won't know for a while, but considering the fact that nothing's in production right now, uh, unless you're in the UK, mm-hmm. I guess. Which, because I guess they have reopened production in there. I'm sure everyone on the Batman set is really stoked. Um,
2: <laughs> Australia <laughs> is too. Yeah, I think they're dude, yeah, yeah. Well, they're, they're like
0: make, Yeah, that's that. That'll be uh, that'll be interesting to see what happens there. Maybe they could film Mad Max, the sequel to Fury Road. Um, but uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Tom Hardy seems like the guy that would go out there, regardless of the germs. But um, Look, this has been fun. I, I really enjoyed uh, this. Uh, yeah. This, this, if it, if it bleeds, run. Um, it's time to close the doors and finders keepers and uh, go our separate ways. Me, I'm going to go to Monroeville Mall because I'm hoping that the food court's still open because I'm kind of t- I'm kind of hungry. Um, <laughs> everyone, this has been this well, has been great. We'll be, I mean, next week is going to be wild because yeah. you got Dolores Claiborne. Uh, we're going to be yeah. going into our Dolores Claiborne coverage and it is a whopper of an episode. We have a special guest. Uh and should we announce a special guest, Randall? Yeah, yeah. It's
3: uh our special guest is Anna Marie Cox, who you might know from Crooked Media. Uh she has a podcast mm-hmm. there and she's also a writer for the New York Times. Um she's primarily uh a political writer, but she also dabbles in culture content as well. She has a podcast on The Expanse, uh, the Amazon series, Mm. and she told us about that a little bit. And she was an absolute delight on the podcast, and it was a pleasure to have her. So, stay tuned for that, and then also um, check out our Patreon. Uh, We just wrapped up our four-part series on the Stand mini-series last week, which was a lot of fun, and we've got more fun content coming on the way, including our first newsletter, as well as um, some mini episodes to talk about the latest King news because there's been more than I would have expected lately
0: yeah yeah we're gonna have a, a several mini episodes that are be coming up on the patreon you gotta you, look if, you, if you're not on there you're missing out on some some great stuff in addition to some older episodes we just unlocked a, a couple of uh oldies from 2017 uh, brought a tear to my eye uh, just because <laughs> it's been it's been so long I, I love it um that's crazy but uh crazy. follow us on our socials we're gonna be updating it constantly we're gonna be doing a live watch uh probably based on our votes on patreon uh misery uh that's the that's the mm. thing look if you're on patreon you can you could dictate what we're doing you could dictate our topics you could dictate what we're going to watch you could literally be uh the the randall flag to our king's dominion um so yeah we got a lot of stuff coming up but uh i i hope that you enjoyed if it bleeds i hope that you've read if it bleeds and i hope you've actually read <laughs> it before, if, while listening to this because we pretty much spoiled all of it but uh yeah uh do we have any plugs? Is anybody wanna you know uh, Jen, you kind of already promoted the podcast. What w- what's next in the horror version?
2: Um we are our next episode to drop is gonna be Paranormal Activity Two. And Ooh. spoiler, that scared the shit out of Todd.
0: <laughs> I oh, think okay. the third one is the scariest for me. That yeah, one is genuinely yeah.
3: scary. I think all and all the first four have are good. That's my yeah. that's yeah, my I think controversial so opinion. I although I think <laughs> the fifth one is is absolute hot garbage.
0: Yeah, I really? remember. You that's when I stopped. Didn't you review? I think you reviewed that for the. Yeah, site.
3: I reviewed it for yeah. Consequence of Sound. I I I, uh, I gave it a pan, as they say.
0: Yeah, yeah, and not that's not Peter Pan going to Neverland. Um, hey, speaking of Neverland, what do we do in Neverland? We sleep. And what does Neverland have? Uh, well, they don't have any days or nights. They just have uh, time as a nonstop wheel, cause a wheel, and that is all to say that we are in our reality, and we have to enjoy. A long days long days and pleasant and pleasant and pleasant Nights.
4: Nights. I got some hot god I gotta get some hot friends.